This is the IOTEX Ecosystem Podcast, where we highlight top projects building the connected future. IOTEX envisions a world where billions of devices and decentralized applications seamlessly merge the digital and physical worlds, all while preserving privacy and financially empowering everyday users. Today's conversation features Jing Sun, co-founder of IOTEX and Machine Phi Labs. Before co-founding IOTEX in 2017, Jing was the managing partner of Sparkland Capital, an early stage venture fund. Jing is extremely thoughtful and one of the most forward-looking people I've ever met. In this conversation, we discuss why Ethereum was both of our aha moments for crypto, why it's evident that machines will be the primary users of digital infrastructure, and why machines will be the main workforce in the near future. We discuss why centralized infrastructure simply won't work for the machine economy, how a machine-driven UBI might work. We discuss why the spring 2022 crypto crash is actually a good thing for builders. All this and much more. Jing, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to speak with you. It's always a pleasure. Jing is one of the most insightful people in the space that I know. So Jing, just Take me through your background, personal and professional, that you think brought you to crypto and where you are today. It has been a while, four years, a full-time entrepreneur, building the blockchain infrastructure and now building the MachineFi ecosystem. Before that, actually, I spent almost five years in Silicon Valley as a venture capitalist. So my whole passion is about what's next, right? what's next big trend, what's next big unicorn, and what type of frontier tech really can shape the society, really can bring the goodness to the humanity. So actually, we invested in autonomous cars, the VR, AR, at the time, cybersecurity took off back in 2014, 2015. And then what brought me into the crypto it's interesting. We started to see the crypto like Bitcoin mining, which is around 2012, 2013. A lot of the technologists in Silicon Valley, they are super excited about the new type of non-central bank back uh, cryptocurrency, right? But, and, but we, we didn't really see this is a big opportunity will shape everything in the society until 20, I think 2014, 2015, when we see smart contract platform initiated by Ethereum. We see the, the white paper of Ethereum, it'll change everything. Make us feel, okay, so it's no more only a cryptocurrency, right? So cryptocurrency probably is, a, is the first application, but actually it's a kind of developer platform. And actually, developers can create all type of different things on top of decentralized infrastructure, which has never been possible before. So that's actually a really turning point for me, myself, to open eye and really start to research on this sector. And since then, we, we start to invest. We are one of the pretty early VC firm, which really all in and take the entire Web3 seriously as a major thesis. You were one of the first people kind of at an institutional level started investing and considering crypto as a space that was worthy of venture capital investment. And I actually relate to that experience where the Ethereum white paper was really the aha moment where you actually saw fairly niche Bitcoin monetary focused technology that was really recapitulating a financial system interesting, but didn't scale to broader social and technical problems. And Ethereum blew the whole thing open. 
it made this thing generalized to every possible application. So this is 2015 and you, you started investing. Do you remember what your first investment was in Web3? Yeah. So my first investment is also interesting. It's actually also a coincidence. There was one company, the founder's name called Tom Dean, which is entrepreneur. And they come to us and to start to talk about there is a cryptocurrency and we can do the crowdfunding for two projects, which is the cryptocurrency. And for me, this is what? There's a crowdfunding. Of course, crowdfunding, I know. But what is crowdfunding for cryptocurrency project? <laughs> this is the first time I talked to an entrepreneur which are doing such a thing. And now, just like we know, actual crypto crowdfunding you know, and then start with the, the ICO boom back in 2017. But the first time I heard about the crowdfunding for cryptocurrencies around 2015. The interesting thing is, this entrepreneur has actually become a pioneer in the entire Web3 space. And he moved this crowdfunding project to a cryptocurrency project incubator, which is the name is Streamlabs. Do you know what's the first project incubated out of this incubator? Which is actually Definity. Of course, there are a lot of iteration and a lot of different structure, restructure, right? But actually, those are a group of the pioneering entrepreneurs. They are trying different ways to build on top of the new infrastructure. And my, my approach is just like, I learn from the entrepreneurs. I learn from our portfolio company. I learn from the founders. So we, um, to be very honest, my first investment, I didn't really see this big picture. I just really love the entrepreneurs. I love the, the vision he shared. So I just invest in them to support. But this open, totally a new kind of universe for me. And I, we keep continually to learn and start to invest and understand more and more. And then just we decide, say, hey, maybe the best way for us to really fully engage into the industry is about maybe we invest in some of the most pioneering funds. And then just I will start to talk to different VC funds, not VC fund, crypto fund. But at that time, it's very, and it happened to be, I talked to actually the founders of right now, one of the biggest crypto funds, Polychain Capital. But at that time, actually the, initiated the first crypto fund. I think they also have a long cycle, try to convince all the LP investors what is Web3, why is it bullish on the trend, what can happen. And then we decided to invest in them and start to learn from the polychain. So it's a long journey already. And then just my journey become an entrepreneur is a little bit different, right? So as a founder, I start to invest in different projects. But I already see the huge potential for this technology, not only a technology, actually it can apply to different verticals. Eventually you will see this just as it's an internet or mobile internet. It's a technology which can apply to different verticals and industry. And eventually it can change the entire society in a different way. Yeah, and then I met with the founders of Altex and I invested in them at first. Eventually I was convinced and become co-founders. Yeah, that's a long journey. And then the rest is a history. So that's what I was going to ask you is how you made that transition from investor to entrepreneur, which is where you, how you spent your last four or five years being the operational leader of IOTEX. And so you actually were an investor and you liked it so much that you're like, I want to dive in. An IoT-focused blockchain, that was a pretty revolutionary thing to envision how devices, a device economy, could be brought on to Web3. It was really a software-focused, financial-focused ecosystem at the time. And you were considering a 
fairly radical new addition to the Web3 ecosystem. What was the opportunity that you saw at that time to take the leap into IoT? Yes, that's a very good question. Because back in 2016 or 2017, the development of the infrastructure in Web3 are so different from what you have seen now. So basically, it's just a start, right? And in the U.S., a lot of the, and the most pioneering entrepreneurs, they are thinking about this new technology, what the use cases, how this technology can apply to different vertical. What's the, even just we don't really reach the consensus, say, hey, you know, which part of this decentralized infrastructure is the most valuable part. Some of them, they will say it's, it's about the decentralization. And some of them, they will see maybe it's just like a system, a new, better IoT system, not IoT system, IT system, so to replace a centralized system. And some of them see actually the financial system. So basically, at that time, there's uncertainty. People are still kind of discuss how, how this technology can really be most powerful. From our side, I think it's like from my side, because I invest in, in all the frontier tech, so that if I always see a perspective, say, hey, you know, how this technology can solve the existing, the current problem we already see, the technology, when the technology moving forward, what's, what type of the, the big problem, which, which is under solvent and this new technology can really be the best. So from my personal experience, we already invest in a lot of the IoT related or hardware machine related companies. And we definitely see the future society will be really machine will be a major workforce, which means most of the productivity probably will be driven by machines. And then just like we see right now, the entire you know, infrastructure system to empower all those you know, billions of the machines and devices, smart you know, IoT devices, actually are all centralized. And then just you will have the, from the fundamental level, you will understand it will not work. If all those machine devices will drive the entire economy or productivity for the human society, and then just like all of them will be decentralized, getting to different places, but actually they all building on top of a centralized kind of system, which are dominated by only maybe three, four, very few big giant tech companies, right? So that we see just there's a possibility if we can make this fundamental infrastructure more decentralized, more open sourced, more transparent, or give the access, the open access to all the developers. So the developer will have an easy way to get access to the data, get access to the tools, get access to the open protocols, and it's much easier for them to make innovations. So that's actually just our original thought how this technology can shape it out. And we see there is a perfect match. But of course, at that time, those are all theoretic. We are not sure you know, how this infrastructure should be built, how does it will eventually shape the industry, or which part is really most valuable to advance in you know, the society. But definitely the big picture, the big vision excites me so much. Yeah, because one thing about crypto at that time, it was essentially attacking existing entrenched industries. It was trying to create an alternative financial system 
algorithm to compete with the existing one to create alternative technical web two infrastructure that would replace things like Google, Facebook, et cetera, potentially. But what you're talking about is actually building the infrastructure for an industry that doesn't exist yet. And so that gives you an advantage because you can actually build the infrastructure before you have an established behemoth that is very hard to disrupt. And so in the long term, you're actually positioned to create from the outset decentralized infrastructure for the machine economy. And that's the purpose of this show is to talk in depth about machine five. When IOTEX was founded, fast forward four years, this vision has condensed and become articulated in what you now call machine fi, machine finance. Can you just describe what machine fi is to you and why IOTEX has decided to launch this initiative? Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah, very excited actually. So we launched this in machine fi. I think that we, we clearly describe this machine fi vision by the end of last year, you know, it, it has been several years building, and then we just launched these new initiatives. So from literally machine fi, when if you can DeFi or if it's other fi, social fi. So here you will see machine fi is literally financialization plus the machine. So basically the easy way is actually we want to build in the financialization infrastructure and ecosystem on top of blockchain and to financialize the resources, data value generated by machine and devices in the real world. So where is MachineFi right now? You just raised a $10 million fund, which is very exciting. What was pitched to the VCs and the investors that you raised from? What was the infrastructure that you said you already had? And where was where did you say you were going to be building towards with that money? Actually, just we have been working for this vision for not only kind of last year. We, we clearly see it last year, but actually we spent the last the past four years to building you know, the, all the fundamental blocks, the infrastructure and the modules. But here is a, a thinking process or just a long-term practice process to make us figure out why this machine file is the most important value proposition uh, to combine you know, the IoT with the decentralized network, the Web3. So basically, we actually just tried a lot of different things in the past several years. Of course, there is a decentralized network which we create, which is a layer one blockchain. But we keep thinking, what's the best value of the blockchain to the external machines, devices, or the system. We try to say, hey, maybe it's the security, right? So because the, definitely the blockchain can provide better security or the privacy, right? The privacy will be the best for us, you know, the best value which can just deliver to the users. But then just eventually we realized actually what really best for the blockchain to deliver is actually this is a permissionless system to do the financialization of all type of different things and start with DeFi basically. So you will see back in 2020, and then the, which is the first applications natively on blockchain is the decentralizing you know, financialization. And then just bring, expand to different sectors, NFT and GameFi. So basically it's the financialization of the digital goods or the digital assets in the games and meta. And then just like natural, you will see Actually, the, the financialization perspective is the best way to, for, to leverage on this system. And also, this is the most important way for the, the whole world to have the open access to, right? And naturally, it extended to the real world. Then what's the best way for the blockchain to work for the real world? And then just like we realized, actually, it's the financialization of the 
value and the resources which generated for the machine. So we just mentioned about in future, machine will be the, the major workforce. And then how those we can organize all the machines work together. For example, all of our the people, individuals, probably they can purchase a certain type of the machines, they can set up at homes, or they can maybe just contribute their machine resources into a network. And then they will be able to generate revenues or from their contribution. And then just like the question is, what type of the fundamental underlying infrastructure those machines should be building on top of, or those machine networks should be building on top of it? Should it be empowered by Google, Amazon, those big company-driven infrastructure, or it could be more open source, more permissionless, and everyone can easily to you know, register their devices on the chain, and they can easily to get access to the data, of course, with the permission of the owners. So actually, just like when you think about all those possibility or the future picture, and you will understand the underlying, what underlying infrastructure has to be Web3. <laughs> yeah, so that just here, the machine file is actually, we align with such a big vision, how the society will move forward, right? We want to be the underlying infrastructure to connect all type of the machines and then make them kind of available for the Web3 developers and applications. And we make it easily for all type of the developers that can create a bootstrap machine network without putting so much capital in advance. So we make it easily accessible for individuals. They can access to, they can participate into the machine network contribute to their machine resources, even just like with their own real-world activities, and so that they will be able to kind of get rewarded by their contribution. This is just a broad vision or possibilities when we are present our machine vision. And clearly, a lot of the investors, they actually share the similar future vision with us. Just to capitulate what you just said, so blockchain itself is a financialization machine, essentially. That's what it's best at natively, is to create financial markets and to attach value to systems and things and activities that wasn't really financializable prior to this decentralized infrastructure. And so what you're talking about is actually IOTEX has created essentially a financialization machine, a layer one blockchain, the IOTEX blockchain, that you're now using to actually financialize real world devices, which some of which you've created, like Pebble Tracker, which uses something called secure hardware to actually capture data from the physical environment in a way that makes it totally tamper proof. It's not falsifiable. That data is trustworthy at the hardware level. And so it's ready to get plugged right into a smart contract. It's a physical oracle, essentially, that can be trusted in a financial ecosystem. It's so trustworthy that it can be used for financial applications. It can't be spoofed or gamed. And so that's the broad hardware to blockchain to layer two, which is something we call TrueStream, where you're actually feeding data and then actually sending it to decentralized applications that are using this physical data for, let's say, like a company like HealthBlocks to create to give rewards for sharing your health data, whether for a study or for insurance benefits or whatever it is. And there's an infinite amount of applications you can think about. So that's a big, fascinating vision. And I want to get a little bit more into the philosophy here, right? Because if you think about it, we're already 
like using machines, we're already basically cyborgs, right? When you're online, you're generating data, you're half machine, half human already. You're digitally active, or you're physical. And when you're on your phone, you're basically a cyborg, right? You have this health data that's getting generated. You have all kinds of data, physical location. How do you plan on actually using the existing data from the devices we have, iPhones? Do you have a plan for bringing the devices we already use onto the iotech's ecosystem? Definitely. Definitely. That's a good question. Actually, just like you said, we create our own devices. It's just in partnership with other manufacturers. This is more like a proof of concept. We want to understand the entire architecture so that we can generalize the entire stack and also standardize it, make it really easy for the other devices can integrate together. But actually, just for the bootstrap stage, definitely we want to make it generalized so that it's not only work for new devices and machines. It will also work with your existing devices and machines. This is also something you know, we talked to some of our investors who are really the biggest giant in the mobile phone or smart devices area. So our topic is how to bring their existing devices and devices users into the Web3, how to do the financialization of their existing devices. So this is definitely what we are working on. And that's why we are, for the next few months, you will see some of the release, right, which is exactly make it possible, our machine by portal, all the things. So I want to split our tech stack into two parts. One part, which is more focused on the device onboarding. So basically, our tech blockchain, and just as I mentioned, now we renamed it from the true stream to web stream. So web stream is actually more layer two module, layer two layer, and also it's a chain agnostic layer. So this layer focused on how to get on board, connect all the devices and the machines on the chain, and how to do, get the proof of the verifiable data or resources on the chain and make it available for all the Web3 developers, which means the Web3 developers, they don't really need to understand too much about device or just really directly connect the devices. They can get all the proof they need, right, from the Oracle and then inject it into your smart contract as easy as from the Web3 and then make those proof easily connected to their match with their tokenomics or smart contract. Here, you will see all the machine devices will be on the, our Infi portal, including the Altex chain and including the... But we are not limited, you know, the applications to Altex only. So basically, all the developers, they can choose different type of chain. We start with EVM chain. For example, they can choose to create a app on top of Polygon, for example. But they still can get resources, the value, the proof of the verifiable data from the devices, right, from the, the web stream. And then the, our web, and, and then the machine file users, so you will see, they will have the devices and connect with the web stream or the machine file portals. And they will be able to participate into different DApp they choose and generate a different type of the rewards based on the mechanism each of the DApp set. You're opening up an entire new data ecosystem, Web3. That's really exciting because what that does is it actually takes a very limited ecosystem that's basically just DeFi financial activity, on-chain activity, and you're opening it up to all kinds of real-world activity. So I could actually see the next bull run being driven by this type of infra that IoTex is building. 
I want to ask you a little bit about the broader vision for machine fi. So we have a future that is very worrisome in terms of inequality, right? We see the existing web two world being very siloed, very centralized. A lot of those returns have gone to early founders and VCs in tech. And when you think about the replacement of the labor force with devices, even developers with algorithms, you're talking about a supercharging of inequality potentially. And how do you think about machine fi and IOTEX? Obviously, you can't solve every problem, but how do you think about dealing with inequality using this decentralized infra? Do you have a vision for how the wealth of the machine economy could be shared? Yeah, definitely. Just I think Web3 in general is have a very big mission and vision to make the world more fair transparent and equal. And here, the machine fight, I think we are even solving a bigger problem which never be tackled before, which is just actually, it's a future problem. It definitely will happen. So when we already see that there is a certain trend machine will do can actually take a very big part of the world economy in the not just in the decades, maybe in just in the next five to 10 years. And then just when we see this, there's the next question all those value generated by machine economy will belong to who? Who will really benefit from this new machine economy? The answer right now is very, or even just like under discussion. So basically, based on our current the technology transition and advancement, definitely the biggest gen, the company, centralized institution, corporation, they will benefit most from that. And also, just it will also hurt a lot of the current existing human labor. For example, even just like when I'm taking Uber, right? Travel around and always taking Uber. My my joy is always talking to the local drivers about what they're doing. And actually just like you will see more and more those Uber drivers, when they see the technology like autonomous cars, robot taxi is booming, but actually they make them more and more nervous. They say, hey, actually Uber gave them a really flexible lifestyle and make them be able to make a living easily in a different city. But what if those robot taxi kind of replace their work job, which is very likely and in a very near future? And who will really benefit from that? And then just we work on this machine fight. You can imagine in future, we feel just the technology will still drive the, the technology advancement and maybe they will be the major workforce. But then what we need to solve the problem is actually who will be able to get the reward or benefit from them from the, this part? So when we are talking about the universal income and where this universal income come from and what's the format, right? In our machine five vision, we believe in future, right? All the machines maybe they can generate a lot of values and rewards, and then the machine also the users, which will be the owner of the machines, they will be able to benefit from the rewards which get out from the, what they do. And even for some of the even less developed countries or more, you know, just like underdeveloped country, but they still have the good ways to, uh, for example, the solar panels. Maybe they can create the solar panel there because they have good resources. And then just for developed countries, they can send over those solar panels to certain households. The households, they could be, their job could be really set up deploy those devices or solar panels at their places and then contribute those powers, energies into a machine network, right? Which is will be on the on the uh, Web3 decentralized infrastructure. And in exchange, they will be able to benefit from the rewards. 
So just as simple example as that, it could be applied to all type of different use cases, right? So that you will see even the machine will be the most efficient way to create productivity, but still just for the people, they will be easily benefit from that. We're talking about actually empowering a totally new social program, basically the potential for actually governments to come in and say, hey, instead of just sending you cash direct to UBI, like somebody like Andrew Yang proposed, we can actually send you a productive asset like a solar panel that you can contribute to the grid to, and you can manage this machine. And then we can directly tie the financial compensation to that. So it's a little bit more close to the human nature of wanting to actually contribute value to an economy instead of just receiving direct cash. So it just gives another tool to policymakers, to governments. So I want to turn the conversation to what was just very topical in the news, the Google engineer, I think his name is Blake Lemoyne, who worked at Google AI and who got fired because he told the Washington Post that the Lambda NLP software, natural language processing software that he was working on had become sentient. And he actually got fired for that statement. And I just want to ask you, if we think about a future where machines are becoming sentient, where they themselves are maybe even citizens, how do you think about the ethics or maybe the financialization of that? Could you imagine a machine have its own vote participate in the economy as a consumer have you thought about this at all that's yeah so i also uh, read this news and the person i'm i'm not that surprised but this is of course a different level of the technologies more about ai or more about more advanced in the, the machine if the, you know the, the machine eventually can become have own the thinking but from our perspective we already see each of the machine in our machine five society or the web three version of the machine economy, each of the machine actually just the human beings, they are the citizen in the entire machine universe. They will have their own dedicated wallet and they will be automatically, they can contribute their resources and value. Here it's not only about the data, it's also about, for example, if this is a wireless gateway, right? So what they contribute is about the connectivity. Or if this is a computing machine and what they are contributing is about the computing power or some storage power. So actually we see machine actually in this combination, they, just like a human, they can capture the data and censor the data and maybe can compute the data and eventually come out with some insights, right? Those are valuable. Or they have certain type of functionality, just like we mentioned. They can, they can create certain resources. Those resources will be really useful if we pull them together and make it accessible to the developer side, right? So we already see each of these machines are single economic kind of unit. Or also they have kind of their own kind of functionality really based on what type of machine they are. And maybe they, they could do the a lot of the medical stuff. Maybe it could be a farming machine can create the productivity in a farm. Maybe it's a weather station which can capture the weather data. So you will see each of the machines, they are just like a citizen in the machine universe. And what we do is actually for each of the machine, basically they will have the wallet. And basically they will interact with the Web3 infrastructure. And based on what they do, and actually just they will be able to just get the reward directly from the contributions from the smart contract. Yeah. So in future, and then back to your question, 
in future, I would say just like it's possible, but eventually human and machines, how we will work together, I would say if we can make the entire fundamental infrastructure more open or more, more accessible, right, more fair, it will be easier. Or if we can say, hey, no, we have to create a centralized system to control everything, sometimes it looks like this is safer, but actually this make, you know, most dangerous possibility. I see. Interesting. So a big vision of IoTechs, a big observation maybe, is that actually most people think of Web3 as humans interacting, right, over screens, right, or on the computer. They think of Web3 as basically just coordinating humans in a different way. But what really it's about is coordinating machines. If you think about who will be the main communicators, the main users of digital infrastructure, it's going to be machines. It's going to be algorithms. Even to the degree that humans are involved, it's going to be algorithmically mediated. Increasingly, humans are going to be relegated to the backdrop of economic activities and hopefully retain their puppet strings controlling everything. It doesn't get too dystopian and the roles get reversed. But we're really talking about a machine future. And I think that's what the general public and even people within crypto miss, is that this is not really a human oriented technological progress space. This is machine oriented. So that's a fascinating insight that IOTEX is very much capitalizing on and building the infrastructure for. Yeah, I just like echo what you are saying, right? So when we are the entire Web3, this is closed end engine, right? If you don't really let this engine know what happened in the real world, they will not know. And then what can really connect the real world into the Web3? It's only the machine layer. And even when we are talking about, hey, Web3 is more care about the humans or the financialization of the human activities, but you should know actually just like how you really connect the human connectivity. It's a combination of machine and humans, right? So that just if we can have the machines have the way to really directly connect to Web3, and then humans will be the one to connect the devices and inject the real-world activity into the web series through the machine layer. So you will see actually it's not only machine network works, but actually it's a combination of machine network and the human activities and make it even more powerful and have a more, much more useful information, which will be leveraged in the web three space. I want this to be a show that's going to be evergreen, that people can come back to no matter what the price is and get a lot of insight about what IOTech is doing, the vision, the mission. But we're entering what a lot of people have called a bear market with prices down 80% from all-time highs. I just want to ask you what your level of optimism or pessimism is about the state of the space. Did we see an over-exuberance that's going to damage the space for years to come? Or is it just a natural cycle of exuberance and then pulling back and changes in the money supply? How do you view the current state of the cycle in crypto? Yeah, definitely. So I think you and myself actually already went through several, a couple of the cycles, right? So I would say for builders, you know, bear market is always the best cycle for builders. Luckily, we already have a much better, much advanced infrastructure layer for the builders to be building useful things on. And of course, you will see the recent bear market signals or the crash 
And also people start to criticize maybe this is the failure of the DeFi or the failure of the previous applications. From my perspective, those are all the exper experiments. It can also tell how early we are for the industry, right? Looks like it has been 10 years, but 10 years in the entire human cycle, it's very short time. We need to have such type of the patience and also tolerance for the, when the new technology come out until they find there's useful applications. I see kind of some of the really optimistic signals. You will see when I just came back from the consensus, I met a lot of the new builder I never met before. You will see kind of the real world perspective is already not only exist, but already you know, have a lot of the building applications under the way, which means when we see a lot of the the experiment, which may be proved to be not that work, but it will trigger the innovations. It will also trigger the tools, developer tools, infrastructure has been built on top of that. And then it will incentivize, motivate the new builders to keep building. And eventually you will find the, the real useful application will be come out. And the machine file, I will say, really align with this vision, right? So what we are doing here is we will definitely leverage on this the entire the cycle and keep building. And our position is we will become the developer, Web3 developer platform for the machine file applications. I think IoTechs in particular embodies this builder mentality. Because when I joined IoTechs in early 2020, it was a bottom of the last bear market cycle. And IoTechs, I think, was, I don't remember the exact price, it was like one tenth of where it is now, maybe even less. And so if you just zoom out a little bit, not even look at the price, just look at what's been built, the amount of, as you say, builders that you met at Consensus, that really just new talent that has flooded into this space. And some of the smartest people in the world, thousands and thousands of them have come into Web3, into crypto over the last couple of years. And it's an experimental space. It's going to fail epically. What makes it fail epically even more is we've had this really dramatic financialization early on in a technology's life cycle that's unprecedented. We did not see this degree of financialization in Web 2. And despite the fact that there was equally epic failures and a similar timeline, decades, in crypto, it's just gotten a lot more attention and scrutiny because there's just so much money involved early on in the technology's life cycle. So that's just important to keep in mind, I think, going forward. If you're Feeling burned out or you're feeling disillusioned, just remember that this is not a established space. And there's many reasons why these experiments are going to fail. And it doesn't mean that the space is fundamentally flawed. With that, Jing, I just want to ask if you want to leave the audience with any calls to action, how you want them to get involved with IOTEX, what the best way is. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Dean, for this opportunity to share Machine 5 visions. I would say Machine 5 just started and I would dream is actually we will become the Web3 developer platform to empower all Web3 developers create all type of, kind of apps uh, which can leverage on the machines and devices. We also help developers to bootstrap the machine file network or the machine file application as easily as possible. So that for all the developers, we will encourage you to come to our machinefile.com and to join our machinefile ecosystem and through starting from subscribe our newsletter, maybe follow our social channels, and we will release our developer portal very soon. And stay tuned, our Altex ecosystem fund, and we are classified accelerators for machine fire.
incubation programs to support you. So definitely, we will see there's a huge potential to create a machine economy with all the developers, and we want to support them as as more as possible. And for the other side, definitely for all the users and our beloved community members, thank you so much for long-term support. And we will encourage you to also join our community. And very soon, actually, we will have a lot of different applications. You can participate, even just like you can register your own existing devices like mobile phones, wearables, or just you can get other new devices and then join our machine network. And so the future is really exciting. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity.